A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Hello, bonjour, and wagwan, everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of The DNA Airwaves. Each episode of The DNA Airwaves is produced, recorded, and mixed at the MPL in Toronto. The MPL is a collection of film and audio studios dedicated to making all things visual look amazing and all things audio sound brilliant. To learn more, please visit the-mpl, that's maple without the vowels, .com. Our other sponsor is The DNA Project. The DNA Project is a one-stop shop for all of your live entertainment needs. An incredible agency with world-class talent. Check them out before your next event at thednaproject.ca. Cuban musician Alex Cuba is our guest for today's podcast. Alex has released several critically acclaimed albums and has also co-wrote songs for Canadian superstar Nelly Furtado. Alex was also honored with a Latin Grammy for Best Singer-Songwriter and received a nomination for Best Latin Pop at the Grammys in 2016. Alex joins us over the internet to discuss his non-traditional approach to music, his new album, and much more. So why don't I shut up and get to it? This is the DNA Airwaves. How you guys doing? Good, man. Great. It's Monday. It's Monday, which you can say on a recording Monday, day, which yeah. is also release day for a change. So happy yeah. Monday. You all, <laughs> everyone Monday. listening, happy Monday to you too. Alex, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Ready, ready um, good, good. for this week. Uh, Ventures is a very important week for me. Uh, my new album is coming out on Friday. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, that's oh, amazing, man. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that. What's that. the album like? Yeah, please. It's my eighth studio album. Uh, okay. With the difference that I didn't go to that's studio, I recorded it in my living room right here. You know where I'm talking to you. <laughs> no, no, we, can, yeah. we, we can call it studio, studio album. Very, um, it happened in in a very different way than every other of my albums. Because um, okay. Okay. it's almost like mm-hmm. I didn't plan it. I just engaged on something, and and then I sent the tracks to my mixing engineer, and he said, "I love this," and I, oh, really? you do? Okay. So that was <laughs> yeah, that was right. the portal. That was the door for me to to believe that I can record myself. You know, engineer myself, right? Engineer an album. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I and I, I engaged on that, and I started working, and and then the the project started growing without me thinking too much about it. It went from my living room nice. to sing, to get five duets happening in the album, five you know international duets. Oh, wow. And then wow. we didn't stop That's there. Incredible. We went all the way to Havana as well, virtually, and got a 13 mm-hmm. horns big band to record on three of the songs. Wow. So the album has the Beautiful. bigger, the biggest sound I ever had on any of my recordings, you know. Those three songs that sound wow, huge. That's, that's amazing. I'm like, oh, yeah. Virtually too, that's incredible. So this is definitely not so a pandemic album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's inspiring. Yeah, I think man. a lot of people realize that they can record from home and yeah. it doesn't have to sound like it's done at home if you if you True. get ready and you treat your space and you have the right equipment. Uh, yeah. Did you yeah, do a lot yeah. of that before the pandemic? And always the, the little demos and things, you know, never looking at it as a professional thing. But I, I guess it took a right. pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, for me to, to, to look at it differently, you know. All it is, yeah, yeah. A, <laughs> the lesson, which I knew, I've been, you know, I've, I've known this for a long time, but the pandemic totally put it right on my face, is that uh, really at the time of recording, the most important thing is that you capture that vibe. Good performance, right? right. Very often when you are not thinking, I love that. that's the thing, you know. A, a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of time, money gets wasted in studios because 
you can't you can't get that vibe you know it's, it's you are either yeah. you know either because you're working against the clock and it's money 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 mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you have too many mm -hmm. people around mm -hmm. you i don't know what it is yeah. but i tell you i tell you um i'm really happy with the album and i think people my fans are going to really wait to hear love it. it too yeah that's really exciting Yeah, uh, was yeah. there anything you tried differently on this album besides, I know you had mentioned the big band, but was there anything else that you kind of went outside of that you typically do on your other albums that you tried differently on this one? Yeah, there is a song that um, for the first time I record something that I didn't write myself, which yeah. is <laughs> it's a big deal for me, you know? And it's, well, for um, sure, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the, the only English... Well, there is another one that, that has a verse in English, But this one is entirely in English. I didn't write it myself, mm -hmm. but okay. I, mm -hmm. I arranged it, uh, and um, it's actually my favorite arrangement on the on the record because it's okay. It's very brave. It starts with the big box, like, mm. and then starts growing from there, and then I, I start doing yeah. horns with my mouth, that front of the song, right. okay. and then after um. the first chorus. Bing! The 13 horns, big band comes in. Nobody's expecting that, right? Oh, It's man. like, whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I think um, that that is quite brave. I've never done something like that, you know. Um, and feel that comfortable right. singing somebody else's song, you know. So yeah, It's, I mean, hey, it's never been recorded before. It's a brand new, brand new song. Yeah, it's brand mm -hmm. new. Yeah. You mentioned that um, you did like you started off with the horns with your mouth. Was that something that you intended to keep on the album, or how did that yeah. happen? It's funny because when I did it, uh, I I did that with the intention of, keep, of keeping the track like that. That is a version of the song, okay. entirely done with big boxing and and horns down down with my mouth and stuff like that. But then when we went to Cuba, yeah. I um, I thought that it was a cool production style because I've done in previous albums I've done instrumental or a cappella songs like that where I do I've done okay. the horns as well that is a funny song of mine yeah. that has a funny video with the puppet I'm all blue and you know walking down the streets <laughs> okay. in speeders and <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did that uh, and so I thought that maybe this time it was a good idea to mix it to put the two things together you know okay. because the, the front of the song has got you know to my fans already certain familiarity they, they already They've heard that kind of thing from me before. Right. But boom, you. when the horns come in, it's like it's, it takes you, it takes Massive. you for a ride. And I we cut a very simple video for it, um, okay. but beautiful. I, um, I started thinking, what if, I, you know, because the song is, the chorus of the song is, it says, I think of you, I think of you, that's the chorus, right? And okay. right. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe maybe just driving around, you know, If we can show the area in a beautiful day, because we'll carry the feeling yeah. through, you know, like you're, you're mm -hmm. nos, nos, nostalgic about something. You're missing somebody, right? And I, yeah. I wrote it, I wrote to a friend of mine here that has a, a car collection. And I said, I'm thinking to do this. Uh -huh. said, oh, really? Okay, they choose one. It shows, it sends me like five pictures of five different cars. And one of them oh, is a Triumph 1961 convertible, wow. red. And when I saw it, I said, this one. And so I'm driving around, you can see that all of the mountains, you can see this part of the world in a super yeah. classic, rare car. And mm. that, and so, and so I had a Bluetooth speaker with me and I was singing the song the whole time and it came out really well. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited. I like it when, when simple concepts, they, uh, you know, when, when they happen like that so spontaneously, you know? And so yeah, that's the video. Yeah, sure. This is it. I'm really happy with this. We get complicated somewhere else, but this is the video for this song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> that's amazing, man. Have you guys seen that Jerry Seinfeld show, Comedians in Cars, or something like that? I have. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, I don't know why that came comedians. to mind when you were. Yeah, that's the, when you were talking about the, the convertible you had, and it was a super classic, rare. I figured that this is like the musical version of that, and that car kind of is a picture of you as well, right? Super right. classic, rare. Um, <laughs> given the mind, I thought I would say it. Maybe I should stop doing that. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about the music, though, because it's something that I'm personally not as familiar with, and I have the feeling some of our listeners might, might not be either. 
So can you tell us a little bit about the style of music you do, influences, things like that? Sure. Um, first, I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Oh, Oh, oh man, you yeah, guys okay. got to see this video. That car is <laughs> sexy. That reminds me yeah. of Havana. Uh, yeah. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I do some nice. kind of uh, you know, like hybrid between uh, rock, soul, funk, pop, jazz. You know, singer songwriter okay. at yeah. the core of all of it. I know it's a lot of it. It's still. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of different styles together. It's still, it's still kind of challenging for me to, to say this is my style. And I guess if I say right. mm -hmm. I do Alex Cuba music, that would be a little bit arrogant <laughs> in a way. What kind of music <laughs> yeah. do you do? I do yeah. Alex Cuba music, you know, Alex Cuba music. But yeah, my yeah, music yeah. has influence <laughs> of, of, of everything. I grew, I grew up listening to a lot of different things at the same time. First, Cuba music, mm -hmm. all of it from my father. My father is very knowledgeable of Cuban music, you know, like the traditional one, mm -hmm. the feeling movement, uh, which is it was something super cool that began in Cuba around okay. the 40s. And then it developed, it's just basically one guitar player accompanying a singer, but that guitar player is laying down, you know, things with, that has influences of jazz, of bossa nova, of blues, okay. all of that together. Right? And my father was a big yeah. fan of that. So I listened to a lot of that when I, when I was growing up and that okay. will shape in a lot of ways my harmonic sort of language. You know, I have, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm notorious for having a complex harmonic language. You know, people very often ask me to do tutorials for my, for my songs and stuff. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, all of that puts together a very dense, I would say, musically, a style of singer-songwriters music, you know, because coming from everywhere, but mm -hmm. all landing at that sort of concept, you know, from my guitar, and then everything else that is, is there to build it, but mainly the guitar, my voice, you know, so I call it singer-songwriter, I guess, you know. Okay. Yeah. He, Does it differ greatly from traditional, uh, the traditional music that you would say um, you've, you grew up listening to? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm lucky, I guess, I learned the, the rules of traditional Cuban music, and so I feel that I can break yeah. them any time I want. <laughs> but yeah, okay, I, yeah fair I, enough. I, I can be very traditional, and I can be very outside yeah. from it, you know, so that's okay. cool. Last time before be uh, we had to cancel our original recording, you started talking about your experience hearing American music. Yeah. Uh, can we go back to, to that topic? I remember, yeah, I, I remember it was, was really interesting. It, it, it came out so cool. I remember, I remember, I remember that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> Let's recreate the magic. I, I was saying, I think, that, um, uh, yeah, up until I was 11, you know, around there, all I listened mm -hmm. to was um, Cuban music, was, you know, was my Cuban music, my, mm -hmm. my dad's Cuban music, okay. you know, that. And then yeah. one day I was, I think I was, I think I was 11, 11 or 12 around there. Michael Jackson pops up on national Cuban television yeah. with his right. track, um, Billie Jean, you know, Tank on And I happened to be there. The universe <laughs> wanted me to be in front of that TV at that very moment. And I'm like, who right. is this? Holy, <laughs> it blew my mind. You know, it blew my mind from that point forward. Music wasn't the same anymore, you know. I, uh, I'm like, wow. Right. <laughs> and so I started, I started um, maybe, you know, looking, looking for some more American music and stuff. And, um, mm. and so when people, when people ask me who influenced you, you know, uh, from America, uh, Michael Jackson, of course, is at the top of the list. And it's, it, it almost yeah. seems and feels funny to say Michael Jackson because I know this is the answer to so, that so many people give. You know, Michael Jackson has influenced right. influenced the, yeah. the whole planet. You know, in a way, you know. Entire but world, also, exactly. Yep, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, but interestingly enough, I'm not um, uh, I'm not influenced by Stevie Wonder because mm. uh, right. I only listened to one song of his when I was growing up. I don't know for whatever reason, and that was I just you know called to say, I and I never liked it. I was oh, like, oh, yeah, I don't, yeah, uh, yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Um, <laughs> But I, I say, I'm saying that I'm, 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 I'm glad that it didn't influence me. And I know this is a big thing to say. And let me, let me really explain that because I don't want to make any 
Okay. Anybody, yeah, anybody please, out there hating me, you know? But Stevie Wonder is such a strong musical force that he, mm -hmm. like many others, have the capacity and the ability that if they influence you as a musician at early age, you might have a hard time finding yourself. You know, you yeah. want to sound like him. Yeah. And you are going to aim always yeah, yeah, yeah. at singing like him, at sound sound like him. I have a yeah. friend that I work I work with for a few of my albums, on a few of my albums, that he's mm -hmm. an incredible musician, incredible producer, incredible uh, engineer. And he's also a, a musician. He plays a lot of a lot of instruments. He also sings beautifully. But when he opens mm -hmm. his mouth to sing, he's Stevie Wonder. Mm -hmm in person, in front of you. Right. And he knows it. He's like, this is gotcha. why I don't have a career as a singer. He said to me, you know, because Stevie oh. Wonder already existed. <laughs> this is, you know. And, uh, and I remember yeah. we did a song on, on my album number two that he couldn't believe how much of a Stevie Wonder vibe he was feeling in it. And I'm like, I don't know. It's, you know, Stevie didn't influence <laughs> me. That's you. Just yeah, That's right, your right. interpretation, you know. But anyway, I became a yeah. bass player when I was 14. And then from there, of course, through the electric bass, I discovered... Then, you know, monsters, bass players like um, mm -hmm. Marcus Miller, John Patitucci, Ron mm -hmm. Carter, Jacob sure. Astorius. And so oh, yeah. that took um, a, big, a big chunk of my attention from that point forward. I basically became a jazz player from that point, point forward, you know, taking my music uh, mm -hmm. and my musicianship even further. And, and, yeah. and it's, fun, it's fun now to look back Now that I've settled in this in the idea of being a singer songwriter after eight albums, I guess, but it's really fun because yeah. uh, <laughs> it's amazing. You never know what's gonna help you in the in the future. It's always great to mm -hmm. learn. Very true. To learn, you know, you never know how it's gonna come yeah, yeah. for you. I write a song now, and immediately okay. I have the arrangement in my mind, and that okay. is something that I find so divine because one thing goes with the other. There are two in entities of the same universe, same universe. If you, yeah. uh, for people, I mean, nothing against great arrangers out there, but uh, if, you da if, you, if you have a, an intimate, such an intimate relationship with your music and you can arrange it yourself, I think it's, people, people feel that because it's all the sudden nothing was too thought out. Everything is natural, right? Yeah, right. And that's the way it feels to me mm -hmm. um, to be able to have this, and this ability of arranging as well the music and it's, it's all because of what I learned in the past before I knew I was gonna be I was gonna be a singer songwriter you know amazing For how sure. much of that how did you how would you say you developed that or how recently did you really fall into that place no I've done it for all of my albums yeah uh, because I, I okay, my first okay, album so kind of I released my first album as a solo artist when I was I think I was 30 years old, <laughs> I started really, really okay. late. Wow. And it's fun because I now right, feel right. that I still have a way to go. I'm developing, guys, I'm developing. After eight of course, albums, yeah, yeah. I, I, every time always. I'm going to become a better singer, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. what I'm saying okay. is that so it's always good. What I'm saying is that it's always good to, to have something to, to look forward, you know? And I don't look at music, um, I don't look music uh, at music as, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very lucky now. This is, this is a hit, I'm going to write a hit song. And, and, and getting ahead is going to, you know, arrange my own life. No, I don't look at, li at, at music like that. I look at music as an art expression, you know? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, and that, if you look at it that way, it makes for a, for a long-term career, long career. Because you are Absolutely. basically, you know, you're providing art. You are, you are providing, you know, material with a lot of cultural value in it. Uh, and I think that's, that's true. that, you know, tends to to stand the, the test of time, you know, more than, than so true. more. A hit can be like that too, but I don't know, it's, it's, I find it more organic to, to have a career when you, you know, focus on and based on, on delivering and developing your craft as an artist. Yeah. Absolutely. No, If it. you take away it. and don't look through the perspective of money and fame music yeah. is just produced so much better that way but 
a lot of times people get confused with what's important and I need that hit or I need that, you know, that yeah. well-streamed song or that song is going to make a lot of money. When and, you and, sit and, down to write, do you write lyrics first or do you, or the arrangement first and then kind of come up with the words after or are you or do you no, do you have a method like what's your writing process like 99% of the time uh, what comes first oh. <laughs> no, no what com, what come what comes first to me is is the melody the melody and then okay. almost almost instantly after after the melody lands in, in, in my mind and I, identi I identify the melody as something that I like and something unique, mm -hmm. almost, you know, immediately after that, then I start, I start hearing um, lyrics, you know, with the melody. Right. And then, we, and then I go from there. Yeah. Nice. I, 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 I actually never, feel... I, I never, I never done a, like a concept album. I know that. Some people do that. Some people develop a concept first, and then they start working towards that concept. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is a yeah. right. you know that is a certain or a fixed way to get into to the finish line. I mean, to get into uh, whatever is your is your, is your uh, the way you feel it. But for me, it's more um, just let the creativity comes. I know that it comes in waves. You know, for example, now that I mm -hmm. just finished an album and I'm about to release it, I'm not gonna write anything. I'm, I probably don't write anything for the next two months, because now my mind. Why is that? Okay. Because now my mind is focused on on give it all of the energy that I can to the delivery of the album, to whatever it needs to be done, gotcha. to creating content, right. to thinking pretty much also okay. like like a businessman, right? Uh, but yeah, as soon as yeah. I, that tension and that pressure releases, then boom, creativity starts coming again, and I could go for a week, a whole entire week, two weeks, writing almost every day, you know. Wow. So uh, wow. I guess the beautiful thing about creativity is that um, at the beginning it, it feels weird because you don't know yourself, but then you get to the point where you know yourself. As an artist, I remember yeah. the first time that I had that dry spell after delivering an album. It went for a long time. It went for like three months or something, and I was thinking, oh, my God, I don't think I will ever write a song again. <laughs> and I started getting a little, <laughs> yeah. you know, frustrated. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. And then, boom, it came back. And then it's always like that. It comes and goes in waves, you know. And yeah, some people, sure. some people, some people develop writing as an exercise. They get up every morning and go, oh, mm -hmm. "I'm gonna write," and start writing lyrics. That's beautiful too. Yeah. But I'd rather wait yeah. for the for the inspiration to come. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. my way. There's something you can't force it, and it feels easier no. to write when it comes naturally, for sure. And you enjoy it more. You know, it's like, whoa, what is Absolutely. this coming from? Oh my God! Yeah, you, feel, yeah. you levitate, you know. You feel like God is like, "Hey, come on, kid, do this," you know. <laughs> and what do you For do sure. when you get inspired? Do you write it down on a piece of paper? Do you run to your computer? What's your process like? Well, um, that's a fascinating question because um, my one of the things with this album, and I think it's a good idea to go back to that first question. You know, that what did you do different on this album? On this album, mm -hmm. I, I minimized the time between an, a musical idea landing in my mind and, and recording it. Mm -hmm. Used to be, uh, okay. you know, right. like a, a musical idea will land and I would put it on my phone, like la 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 la, whatever, right? And then yeah. if it's yeah. super yeah. strong, if it's super strong, I just grab a guitar and uh -huh. go going. But now on this album, I did things like I was making coffee and all the time I hear mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, jump to my bass. <laughs> Which, I don't know if yeah. you guys see it there. Yeah, right there. I can see it. I started playing it right away. Grabbed it, moved yeah. it in front of the computer here, set up my, my preamp, my interface, my microphone, and away I went. Recorded it. Nice. Mm -hmm. So I love, I, I love that because if you can grab it when, they, when, it's, when it's that hot, <laughs> you know? It contains yeah, yeah, a huge yeah, yeah. amount of information. If you wait Absolutely. until the next day, that would be a version you of what it. it was today, not the real one. That's a good That's point. Right. That is Absolutely. huge. Yeah. And now it's a lot easier to do. People can just can have the recording set up at home. They don't have to wait to go to the studio. Absolutely. True. I think that's a big plus right there, I think. So do you think so, you're not going back to the studio after this experience? 
I've got, I already have uh, engineers telling me, dude, <laughs> if I was you, I will never pay for the studio again. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I, I have, I, I like, I like to push myself towards new things, you know, you know, like and and mm, right. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's it's very necessary to to do that in order to break your own routine and to sure. really True. expand yep. creativity, right? I want to do. I think mm-hmm. my next my my next album is going to be a live off the floor with the band Ooh. in the studio. For that, oh, yeah. I will have to go to the studio yeah, that's... to do a live off the floor for album. Sure. Yeah. It's time for that. You never, never done, done one? that? No, never done it. Oh, no. okay. Be a first. But I have okay. the right. I think I have the right players now and people that are, know me very well musically. It's so time, yeah. it's time to do that. Nothing sounds that like that. Sounds so really that. exciting. You had mentioned that uh, I think you mentioned that you you said you started writing at thirty. Is that? Is that no, uh, I, I released my first solo album at thirty. Yeah. Okay. You've okay. Sorry, yeah. got that wrong. So how I, did I the wrote, first break come along with that? Um, in, in terms of what? Um, you, like, was that album kind of your big? Like, would you would you define your career as having like a point that was like your first big break? Um, well, it's been, it's been steady, you, you know, uh, it's interesting. I've seen throughout these years of being, been a, a, a recording artist that mm. right out of the gate, some musicians get fame, boom, big head. And right out, out of the gate, mm-hmm. some musicians get recognition. Sure. Those mm-hmm. two things don't come together all the time. They they tend to be separated, you know. And I have a funny right. story. Mm-hmm. You guys, you guys, I know, I believe this, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> try to it. say it in the, in the most respectful way because it is something big. Right out of the gate, I got massive recognition. Oh. My first album won a Juno in Canada, right? Boom, Juno. Amazing. I wasn't expecting that. Boom, what? Boom. Me, yeah. Juno, you know. And then it kept going. Yeah. It kept going. Then it started winning Grammys and getting nominated for the for the American Grammys, winning Latin Grammys, and and that that's been pretty much the the thing that I am I am about. I haven't had that huge commercial success, although I have a strong mm-hmm. presence in Canada uh, and now yeah. in Latin America, and my you know and my Spotify numbers are you know good and all of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I am the kind of artist that that um, I don't know the recognition loves for some reason, you know, uh, and it's because I haven't, you know, like they say, sold out yet, you know, sell out kind of thing. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I favor I favor art, you know, for above anything, and I don't know. Maybe there 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 were ways for me to make my music way more commercial, but I always knew yeah. something told me from the beginning. Number one, there is no pop music without money. Right. Fair. You could be as pop, you know, as hip as you think, whatever, that if you don't have $100,000 to promote that song, nobody's going to hear it. Mm-hmm. So that is, that is no pop music without money. That's, my, that's something that I knew right away. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and also, I knew right away that I was a classic artist. I, I had a classic taste from the beginning. I knew that. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I, I learned to conform. It took me a while. It took me a while because, believe me, we all aim at making it big, you know. Oh, you know, we all, yeah. we all live, you know, we all want to live the dream. We are all inside the matrix, you know. We are all exactly. inside the matrix. Yep. And, we, mm-hmm. yeah. and that, if you use that the right way, it's a force inside of you that drives you and allows you to do things. You know, I have to say. Yep. I have to yeah, say it's true. true. That's a force, you know. Um, but I realized halfway through my career that I had something else. I had, because mm. also the, the way fans were talking to me and the comments that I started getting and people telling me, you saved my life. Uh, somebody right. gifted me, gifted me your al- this, one of your albums. I was about to commit suicide. I was considering that. And all the time I heard uh-huh. your music and you brought wow. me back to life and I came to your show today to give you thanks for this, for that. Wow. So we start hearing things like that. You realize that maybe your way is not to be such a pop star. (laughs) You know, that you start realizing that that maybe your way is to to create something that will benefit in in a whole different ways, you know, the listener and and society in in general. 
And I have conformed to that. Conformed to that because it's a beautiful thing, you know. And that's who it's, I am. I'm not huge, saying I'm yeah. not saying that tomorrow I'm not gonna get that huge big head. That's coming. I right, guarantee right. you. <laughs> that's coming. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no. We, but I have it's to say cool. though, you're you have a very, very humble approach to this because you've mentioned Thank you. you won a Juno off the bat, you've there's been Grammys. You have fans who come to you with stories that are incredibly touching, which I think is really the basis behind music is to touch hearts, bring people mm -hmm. together. So on all four of those points, you, you're checking all of those off. Um, it's incredibly successful to myself and I'm sure to everyone else listening. So I just want to say <laughs> that to you, just thank so you. you know that. <laughs> but keep doing what you're doing. We love it. Um, thank you. Thank you. you as know, a I part often, of your... As a, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that I often get asked for advice for younger generations, and that's one of the uh, questions. And so, sometimes, so, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, is this too bold the way I'm gonna say it? But I think that is the only way to say it. Uh, my advice sure. is, uh, just, just ask, ask yourself, why do you want to make music? Do you want right. to make music because you want to be famous in 72 hours, or do you want to make music because you think? you have something to say in music. You have a mark to make music-wise. Right. Once you right. answer that question to yourself, then success is not gonna import, not gonna be important in the picture. You're just gonna Absolutely. make sure that you deliver what you want. Success is secondary from that point forward. But a lot of people want success that. now. And that's, it. that's, that's um. I think it's, it's 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 a parasite to to the to all arts because he throws things in a in a, a non natural way, and that's where record right. companies comes in and sign somebody who doesn't have any talent and make them stars mm. and they confuse the whole world. You know, it's like things that we all know but that's, nobody speaks about. I think that's deep. Yeah, I think, yeah. Let's talk about yeah. that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> For sure. I mean, well, um, if you put, uh, well, and all, often I say, the guys, open your eyes. That is something called music, and that is something called the mm. business of music. There's two different things. So two which one are you with? For sure. You know. Yeah, oh, I'm a yeah. musician. Okay. You know. So defend yourself from, from, from falling in, in into into a fake dream. You know that it's not you. Most of the time, right. record companies yeah, yeah. force people because they sign them really young. They sign them really young when they don't know not even who they are and so they, they don't have a way of, of asking for what they really want you know because they don't know who they are mm -hmm. so they sign them sign them up and then they force them to be somebody that they're they, they, you know they, they're not and then halfway through I mean second album if the second album didn't do good as good as the first one of course they're gonna get dropped and then that person yeah, is left yeah, yeah. with a lot of um, bad feelings you know about about yeah, music and, so, yeah. and about the business. That's a pity. You know, it's For like sure. whose fault is that? I don't know. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. not pointing my finger at, at anybody, but it's we all know reality, that right? in the name of music, a lot of harm have been done. We all know that. Absolutely. Shitty yeah, contracts, sure. weird contracts. Uh, you know, yeah. you name it. You name it. I I am yeah. taking advantage. Yeah. I am in, I am an independent musician, not by choice. Mm -hmm. I was basically forced to become one one but i, I am right. grateful to life that life put me in that situation i think it was in god's plans to, to, to do that to me because i realized that i'm a creative force i can't be in a cage right. i can be i can't yeah, yeah. be in a cage of uh, oh this is what sells let's do this i can't do that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that yeah. kills an artist mm -hmm. man right there and we, we see a lot of that people trying yeah. to recreate what's been done and trying to stick to mm -hmm. these formulas um, yeah. yeah, nasty business it can be. For sure. <laughs> totally. Um, but you have, I mean, you've, as, as I mentioned before, you've you've had a great deal of success in that. But also with your writing, you have written for other artists too, and I yeah. think some who probably have received some of that commercial acceptance. Um, oh, absolutely, that, absolutely. Yeah. Change, does that change your process at all as far as writing when you're writing for someone else? Um, I, I gotta tell you, at the beginning, I was. You know, a little bit afraid even because I never done it before, and writing mm -hmm. um, is something very intimate. You know, a lot of people have a hard time. A lot of writers or songwriters, they have a hard time 
writing with somebody else or for so, uh, with somebody else because it's such an intimate process for them that they they feel naked when they're in front of somebody else, you know, to do it, right? So I felt that way, yeah. but I was uh, I'm, I'm glad that I, I still said yes to doing it because it left me with a huge amount of experience. It's the most fascinating thing for a writer to start seeing things from the other person's point of view. It makes you, yeah, it makes you a sure. better writer. It makes you a much better writer. And I think I value the collaborations that I've done. It has left so much in me. The first one uh, was um, Jackie Velasquez, a singer from the United States. She was the first okay. one I collaborated mm. with. Uh, yeah. She took me all the way to England because she was working with a producer in England that I that, that co-produced my first album. And she happened to hear oh, that. Yes. Who wrote that song? I want to write with him. <laughs> so she flew me uh-huh. you know, from, from here to England. Write yeah. songs for me. Oh, cool. Sure. Let's, I got time. Let's, I'm not busy yet. I'm not yeah, famous yeah, yeah. yet. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I ended up writing quite a few songs. It was fu- amazing, amazing experience. Then after that, it was... I had the responsibility, guys, to um, to write for Nelly Furtado, her Spanish debut album. Yeah, I took that mm-hmm. so I do I took that with such responsibility because for me it was a, a moment to make uh, you know to do to do something beautiful. It was a big responsibility to put in in the voice of Nelly Furtado. Yeah. Great Latin music, great Spanish music, you know, great right. songs. Mm. Yeah, and I worked really hard on that. It was fascinating. I had a st- I have a story about that. Um, Please tell us. <laughs> super funny. Uh, one of the last songs we wrote for that album, she ended up writing mm-hmm. a recording nine songs that I wrote with her for that album. And one of the last oh, wow. one we wrote we wrote mm-hmm. we wrote it in Toronto. Uh, she took me yeah. to the to her management office back then, okay. and um, yeah. of course of course we're sitting on the walls that is all kinds of gold records and gold records and gold records and you know you name yeah, it right of course yeah, yeah and yeah. i'm i'm like and and, and i'm nearly uh, i have because i usually um when i when i'm when i go to to writing sessions i usually go arm very rarely i get to a writing session with nothing uh, on my phone like a melody yeah mm. uh, right and sometimes it works fine, but sometimes you go to a writing session and nothing is really promising. You kind of get stuck because it's very yeah. again. It depends on the, if that is chemistry and all of that, you know. Absolutely. So, so I got to Nelly's and we started trying to get come up with a melody. Nothing was coming. I said, Nelly, I got this. I got this melody in my phone that I recorded last night. You want? You want to yeah. hear? Sure. I started playing the phone, and she's like, Oh, I love that. That reminds me of my yeah. of my song, said right, a little bit, not too much, just a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And she's like, what? You you never heard <laughs> that song before? I said, no. I swear to God, I never heard of that song before. <laughs> and she started screaming like so loud. She was like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. I love that. I love that. I said, oh, Nelly, wow. I, inspiration. I don't listen to music. I mean. I did a lot of listening when I was growing up, when I was forming myself as a, as a musician. But now, uh-huh. I yeah. very rarely listen to something. Um, I let music surprise me. I never go in search of anything. You know, if mm. I'm walking through an airport or whatever, and I hear something that I like, I shout something yeah. thing, and then I take a you know, screenshot and then listen to it later. Yeah. But I believe a lot of the music these days is just repetitive, so there is no inspiration in it. I, basically, you have to protect yourself mm. from it. You know, because huh? it's done, it's <laughs> yeah. made, Huge, it's, yeah. it's made, sure. it's made to loop in your head and dro- drive you crazy. You know, so it's like there is no musicality in that. Right. It's, oh, it's more man. about math than the musicality. You know, and um, wow. and but and so she started screaming. She was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that! I can't believe that!" So, well, that's me, that's me. And then she ended up winning a Latin Grammy for that album. That was pretty cool. That is really uh, cool. Wow. Kind of, I, I am the first. To win a Latin a Latin Grammy in Canada and Nelly's number two by by twenty oh, wow. minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> different! Wow, it was a big night in Vegas. That is yeah, incredible. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. That's really, wait. The no, Latin they're... Grammys were in Vegas. Yeah, they mostly do them there. Oh, because they have a contract. It's cheaper than in LA. That. 
It's cheaper than in LA, and they also uh-huh. have a contract with Cirque du Soleil. And the stuff they do oh, is unbelievable. Okay. On that first, you'd think they'd Grammy, be in the Latin country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but the the <laughs> the first ones that I went, it was 2010. Man, it, they blew my mind. They had two pools, two swimming pools on the stage, and they both open at the same time, yeah. and they are synchronized uh, swimming, <laughs> and come at us this way, oh, projecting yeah, wow. up. Oh, it was yeah. unbelievable. It blew my mind. I'm like, wow. what? Love it. Love this it. It's insane. Super cool. <laughs> I have a question I don't think has been asked on, I don't think we've got into on this show at all so far, but when we're talking about the writing process, I just thought that some people might not understand it. Um, How does it work? Because I know a lot of people are thinking you're writing lyrics for songs. How in-depth does that process go when you're writing for other people? Because, I mean, is it just lyrics? Is it lyrics and melodies? How far into the arrangements are you when you're presenting songs to people? I do, um, okay, it's mostly, it mostly has been for me that I'm writing for somebody else with that person. I think that's always the best Mm -hmm. way because the person has a chance to say things right in there and to be part of it, right? Then when the song is written, that person feels the song as theirs, you know, and and that shows at the time of recording, at the time of singing it. A, all the singers that have uh, recorded songs of mine, it's been kind of the songs that I sort of write for myself even. And I okay. happen to get an email and, and, okay, check this one out. And they like it and they record it, right? So, um, mm. but uh, it's, it was, it's very cool when you write it with somebody else. With Nelly, for example, and I'm going to keep using her as an example because... She speaks a little bit of Spanish, she's not entirely fluent in Spanish, and we were writing an album okay. in Spanish, right? So I would create a melody, mm-hmm. and she would say, oh, I love this, bam, bam, wow, groove is awesome. And she said, I think this song wants to talk <laughs> about this. Just by feeling the melody, she would say, uh-huh. what she oh, imagined the song will talk about. And okay, I got it, let's go. That was enough of a feedback to get going, right? And then I will check with wow. her, do you like this word? And and then funny enough, because, you know, phonetically, she will know words and she will say, I love the sound of this word. And I, I'm like, do you want me <laughs> to put that word in the song? That's the most, I would never do that uh-huh. for me. That's a weird, weird sounding word. But you, because <laughs> it, it, Spanish is, a, you know, kind of a second language to you. You think, you think it's cool. <laughs> you know, that happens to me in English yeah, as well, yeah. right? <laughs> So and do you have to stop her and say we can't use that word that doesn't make any sense or do you go okay that's fine as long as it sounds good <laughs> if it's if it's too if I find it too outside I, I try to convince convince her you know to go a different way mm. but most of the time what I did was like okay let me hear you singing it that's what I did most of the time yeah. let me hear you sing it sing it come on Ding. okay oh it sounds right. great because sometimes sometimes you know how sometimes voices particularly can make any sound sound amazing, any word, you know, just yeah, because the right. tone of yeah. the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When people say, man, sure. you can sing me the song book, and I like it, kind of then, you know. Yeah, Elvis and the Beatles both have lots of lyrics that don't make grammatical sense. Yeah. Like, is there anybody going to listen to my story? That's a Beatles lyric that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, when exactly. you sing it a certain sure. way, it almost makes more sense than saying the full sentence. Makes music Absolutely. Sense. Yeah. Absolutely, because it, it, it becomes magical, supported by the melody and the expression. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Can I just read you this for no reason, just because I think it's <laughs> hilarious and beautiful? This is, a, this is a quote. I don't remember where it came from, but uh, <laughs> type it in Google and we'll all know. His, and this is about you, by the way, Alex. His oh. sugarcane, sweet melodies, pop soul hooks, and powerful guitar riffs relinquish a conventional stereotype that exemplifies much of the Latin music landscape. I just wanted to throw that in because <laughs> I love that beginning part about your sugar, sugar cane sweet melodies. That's, right. uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> that was just something I thought worth mentioning. One of the things we had a lot, or still have a lot in Cuba is sugar cane. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I love it. <laughs> no, but the, the, I think it's referring to to the sweetness of um, of Latin music in general, you know, and in especially okay, okay. the way I do. I I gotta tell you about that. 
I constant, I mean, consciously and, and intendingly removed strings, string sessions from my music uh-huh. because they were throwing too much sugar into my music. Oh, and I want wow. the music to be, to be sweet to a certain degree, but not too sweet. A little bitter. You know what I'm saying? A little bittersweet. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah, my voice is already sweet, so you don't need to over. <laughs> but if I was, but if I was in Latin, and this is this is a strictly a intercultural situation. Let's just put it away, because if I was in Latin okay. America, that mm-hmm. didn't matter. The, the, the sweeter you go, the better. They love it. Oh, so sweet. People are gonna be crying and shit. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> excuse my French, but in in in, in the effort of getting people who don't speak Spanish interested mm-hmm. or at least intrigued. I, I have, mm-hmm. I, this is almost an anthropology thing. I don't know, but I have discovered certain things, certain triggers that will either, mm-hmm. you know, push you away or, 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 or draw you in into, 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 into something foreign. And one of them I have, find, I have found, for example, uh, is if you have too much information at, at, at the beginning of a song, like we do, for example, uh-huh. in, in certain genres from, from Latin music, from Cuban music, like salsa, for example. Mm-hmm. If you listen to a salsa album, yeah. every song will begin. Big horns and everything, like, I don't know, 25 seconds into it, then they Every song, every song, right? So if you if you if you don't understand if you don't if you're not a fan of that kind of music and you on top of that don't understand the language, by the third song, what happens mm. to your brain is that you think that you already heard the song, you already heard the, the, the heard the whole album because it's everything starts gotcha. sounding the same to you. So that was I figured that one very early in my career. Every intro has to be different. Variety is welcome. In, invent intro. Make sure you keep them short because, you know, that way the engagement happens uh, quicker. The other things that I discovered is mm. pay, pay attention to my melodies. Melodies, again, contain a huge amount of information and they will draw. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I discovered is like how, be careful how sweet you go. You know, as as a lot of people in Canada yeah, yeah. usually tell me, oh, man, you you use the word corazón in all of your songs. <laughs> you know, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, some people, uh, I mean, from culture to culture, uh, I think it would be easy to see from the outside layer and find find uh, cliches. That's that's something that naturally happens, right? So if you don't try to, sure. if you're yeah. an artist and and in my case, you immigrated from your country. Uh, you're here in, in a new country, which, by the way, I have embraced like no other musician, no, no other queer musician in Canada have done. I, li- I, I live in the real Canada. This is real Canada right here, guys. Right, <laughs> real um, Canada. <laughs> and, 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 but also, I think you have to, to fuse the two cultures the way I've done it, to be... Um, to be uh, honest about it, about it, you gotta be born that way. You gotta mm-hmm. feel, feel, feel music that way. Because if you try it, people will realize it. Oh, it's, it's putting native yeah. voices in the back in purpose. Oh, all of that. Right, right. But yeah, yeah. if it's in you, it happens, and people know your like your music. They don't know why, and that is a wonderful right. thing. If you get to that point, most of uh, of my audience in Canada, I mean. I, most of the shows I play, every place I ever been to Canada, it's been almost 100% people that don't speak my language, and I just love that. I love it. It doesn't, nice. it doesn't shut me there, off on yeah. stage or anything. I love it. For me, it's like okay, this is the moment to show something new. This is the moment to to create yeah. something magical for these people to to take with them, hopefully forever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Music's the mm-hmm. universal language, and I think you're a true testament of that and your music. You've so. already given a lot of advice um, to new musicians. Is there anything else you'd like to leave aspiring artists with? Uh, yes. Uh, I will say that um, music is infinite. Music, like art in general, is, is infinite. Uh, 
Uh, it is a beautiful thing. It teaches you about who you are. It allows people to feel things. So it, it, it should be taken very, very seriously, the responsibility of an artist. And yeah. it's one of those things that the, the more you give it, the more it gives you back. It gives you a lot of happiness. Oh, I love that. When you write that song that you know is freaking, freaking good, you go to bed that mm -hmm. night, you are, Absolutely. you know, that kind of happiness only artists can experience. But it only comes For from sure. being true to yourself, you know. So yeah. that's... Love that. <laughs> Thank you. Be true to who I you are. I literally just added um, your 2017 album to my library during this conversation. So that's what I'm listening to after this. Oh, that's Speaking man. of your albums, could you... Could you let us know? Yeah, the the yellow one where you're holding a guitar. Uh, Lo único right. constante. Is that, did I say that right? Um, yeah. Speaking of that, what are your socials? Where can people hear from you? Uh, cool. Hear about you? Where are you online? Sounds good. I'm on Instagram. I am. My name is I am Alex Cuba. Um, Funny name. I mean, somebody took my name, so I had to go for that one. <laughs> it works. Um, and I have, I never found the time to fight it. But anyway, um, on Facebook, uh, my name, my handle is Alex Cuba Music. On Twitter, mm -hmm. that's the only place that I have my real name is Alex Cuba. Arroar Alex Cuba. And um, and then my website, you know, alexcuba.com, which um, we are aiming at releasing a brand new one with the album on Friday. So, oh, nice, awesome, yeah, awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll I, definitely I don't be do TikTok, although I have Friday. an account on, on TikTok, or even though I have an account oh. on TikTok, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm finding it a little challenging, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I think you're okay without it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we'll call that future plans, man. Future <laughs> yeah. plans, yeah. I'm not saying yeah, no, thanks, I mean, I, I'm brave, so much, man. I'm brave, and I like trying things, you know, trying, you know, why not? But, um, I'm also honest, it's challenging the shit out of me. <laughs> to, to understand, yeah, pointing to understand at, it. Uh, at text. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, because it's, it's, it's almost like you gotta think well. with, with you gotta think with some kind of left brain or something like that. You know, it's like yeah, to create visual something. aid in places yeah. where you wouldn't put it before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're Man. you're 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 so uh, open that you even made TikTok sound uh, positive right now. <laughs> I'm inspired. <laughs> right. All right, we'll right. see you on TikTok, man. <laughs> Alex, thanks so much. Thanks so much you for joining us, man. Looking forward to new music Thank and continued success. <laughs> good luck with good. the new album and all the Thank other you. Grammys that are coming your way. See ya. Definitely. Every episode of the DNA Airwaves is recorded and produced at the MPL. The MPL is a collection of film, music, and audio post-production suites located in the GTA. Please visit the-mpl, that's maple without the vowels, .com to learn how they can help you with your next film or audio production. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.